Hello, my name is Holly Owens, and welcome to Ed Up Ed Tech, the podcast that keeps you in the know about all the latest ed tech happenings. We interview guests from around the globe to give you deeper insights into the ed tech industry, the field of instructional design, and more. We're proudly a part of America's leading podcast network, the EdUp Experience. It's time to sit back and enjoy the latest episode of EdUp EdTech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens. And my name is Nadia Johnson, and we're your hosts. And we're really excited today. We have a wonderful guest with us. We have Taylor Shedd, who is the founder and CEO of Stemuli. And we're excited to talk to you, Taylor. Welcome on in. Thanks so much. I'm excited to chat with you all today. Yeah, we can't wait to hear your story and about all the things that you're doing at Stemuli and the, you know, how you're helping education institutions, everything. And I'm so glad we got connected through another connection and that you're here. But before we jump into all things, we want to know more about you. So tell us your story. Tell us your journey to this ed tech space. Yeah, um, well, just a, a quick little background is I grew up the daughter of two entrepreneurs in Dallas, Texas. And as far as my educational background, I actually have a pretty diverse background. I went to a Jewish school in first grade, Christian school, second and eighth grade, Catholic school my freshman year and graduated from a public high school. Um, and uh, with that said, I had aspiring goals to become a reconstructive plastic surgeon um, and also earning a division one scholarship to go to college. Um, And the idea was like, as a athlete and a female basketball player, it was never the idea that I was going to make it to the pros and make millions of dollars. Right. And so what I was passionate about is how could I help people, um, improve their lives. And so plastic surgery and Gray's Anatomy had an impact on me wanting to be a plastic surgeon. But, uh, you know, wrapping this story up, I got into college chemistry class and it wasn't until I was sitting there and I realized I didn't have the math skills I would need to succeed um, and to continue my degree in pre-medicine. And although it was very disappointing, I ended up losing my scholarship uh, because I really could not keep up with academics and some of the social and emotional stuff happening with me. And so it became this opportunity where all of a sudden I was like, wow, I don't want people to look back on Taylor Shedd and remember this failure she had of losing her scholarship. Um, And so from that moment forward, I decided I wanted to dedicate my life to see how I could use technology to transform the education industry, but with a particular focus on how could I avoid the next generation encountering the problem I did, where you set a goal you have high aspirations and it, it's not until you're in the place to realize that goal that you realize you don't have the skills. And so all the work that we do at Stimuli is really focused on not only do we want to help you through your educational journey, but ultimately we want to prepare you to be able to get a job with your dreams. I love that story. So you're a D1 athlete. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I love sports. Nadia knows I can talk about sports, but I won't get into it. And I know the WNBA playoffs are happening right now. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so, but anyway, that's that's a great story. And so two entrepreneurs in your family inspired you. I too, I was a bio major at first. And too. then you and then I got the organic and I was like, ooh, this is not gonna 
happens. And that's why so, I was like, that happens far too often where you're like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go major in this. Uh, this is my path. And then you get there and you're like, okay, now what is my backup plan? Because this clearly didn't pan out the way I thought it was. Yeah. It's a shared experience that um, most of us have, which is yeah. kind of ironic because, you know, in the edge in the entrepreneurship world, if there's a problem that's massive that most of us have, then, you know, you think that there would already be solutions out in the market that are solving it. But, you know, that's what we're working to do. Yeah, that's awesome. So you told us a little bit about your journey into this space. Who along the way inspired you on this journey into um, building stimuli and and kind of discovering what you wanted to do and who you wanted to be? Yeah, well, first it starts with my mother. And, you know, that might sound like super cliche, but it's totally true. And the two things that she did that inspired me is she would tell me oftentimes about her background in education and how, you know, she grew up in rural Louisiana and ultimately went through desegregation. And um, she told me stories as a very young kid about, you know, she's in desegregated schools. There was pages torn out of her textbook. And when she went to, or excuse me, they were segregated schools, there was pages torn out of her textbook. And when she went into desegregated schools, she was surprised that there was only like two names in the textbook, as opposed to pages of people that had owned that textbook before her. And so um, it's ironic, but those stories led me to have like this deep awareness of inequities that have existed for a long time in education. And then the second thing is, you know, uh, my mom in sixth grade told me I could be a CEO. I had no idea what that meant. And I said, what does that mean, mom? Or like, what do I have to do to get there? And she said, well, you could graduate from business school, you get your law degree, um, but you can do that. And although I did not take that traditional path to becoming a CEO, um, it's not lost on me the impact that planting small seeds and just like that little bit of inspiration that somebody telling you what you can be, um, you know, how that opened my eyes about what's possible for my life. Oh my and gosh. I bet she's so proud. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now <that you're> there. <laughs> yeah. I bet she's super pumped about your your success. And now being at that, you you've come in this journey, you come to this space um for ed tech. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you would personally define educational technology? We love this question here because we get different answers every time. So we want to know what you think. Yeah. Um, I mean it's the use of technology to educate. <laughs> I don't know how others in its um, in its simplest form, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the use of technology to educate. I mean, that's to me like the simplest form, but I think the power of technology and education uh, for us is all centered around access um, and equity, and so access, equity, and scale. You know, impact. Those are like the four words that circulate everything we do um, at Stimuli. So that would be, you know, my sub-definition of what the purpose of uh, technology and education is. Yeah, that that's a good one. I mean, it's straight to the point, simple. Um, <laughs> so now this is the part we are, where we want to know a little bit more about Stimuli, what you do, what services you offer, um, and how you help institutions, organizations, students, uh, within the ed, ed tech space. So we want to hear more about what what's what is stimuli um and what does it do? Sure. So um stimuli is an educational technology company at the intersection of AI, workforce development, and gaming. Um, and ironically, even though we describe ourselves as an ed tech company, 
the problem we feel like we're actually solving is addressing the U.S. workforce shortage. And if I was to boil that down into its simplest form, uh, what we say and believe is that the workforce shortage is caused because one, two out of three students are disengaged in class on a daily basis across the entire educational spectrum. And then the second thing is only 18% of the credentials that kids are earning in K-12 actually align with what employers' needs are for jobs of the future. And I am so- not shocked by that. I should be, but I'm not. Right. It's a sad thing, but, you know, it presents an amazing opportunity for the work that we're doing. And so today, Stimuli is the only company in the world that is combining education and career pathways into a video game. And, you know, if you're wondering what that means, um, you know, our idea of driving student outcomes is, yeah, we want to help you pass Algebra 1 by the time you're in eighth grade, but you passing algebra one in eighth grade and that's all we're helping you do doesn't mean much to us right and so it's like we're working with middle schoolers to get them inspired and helping them explore their different career options in this virtual world where millions of them could have access to career exploration opportunities whereas right now in schools only a small percentage of kids have the opportunity to go on these cool field trips and see what's possible for their lives The next thing we're doing is, you know, making recommendations to students and families on what is the pathway to move from middle school and high school into college and what courses should you be taking? What content should we recommend to you based upon like what not only what your weaknesses are, but what you're interested in? And then last but not least, again, the most important part of the work that we do is how do we now take this learner who's been on our platform for years Um, in middle school and high school, and they have a decision to make. Do they continue their education and go to college or do they go directly into the workforce? You know, we have a job portal that's available within our platform that says, okay, here's the skills that you've actually mastered through your journey with us. And here's the jobs that are available that are kind of personalized to you, your interests, your favorite brands, and, and most important, the credentials that you have, which if you think about how all of us got our first jobs, or our second jobs, it was nothing like that, right? Like we went to a website, we searched it and we said, oh, I think I might be a match for this. And, you know, I could talk for hours about um, the differences in mindset that different genders have on even doing that, right? There's a lot of women that would never apply for a job they thought they were underqualified for and whereas men would. So um, there's a lot of power that we expect to see as we, you know, roll out these platforms in North Texas and New York and continue to scale it around the nation and ultimately the globe. Uh, I needed this way back when I needed you a long time ago. <laughs> um, my first job was teaching job, but, and I found that, you know, through, through a connection, but oh my goodness, how to, how much personalization wow. is impacting that tech space and how much it's needed. I absolutely love that. So tell, can you tell us a little bit more about like the AI component of yeah. Stimuli? Okay, so um, everybody loves AI here, including me, Nadia, yeah. the whole audience. We're all AI advocates. Yeah, so um, I'll talk about um, how we were utilizing AI before the world got super interested in AI and uh, what we're doing now. So the long story short is um, what I described to you on our user journey is essentially navigation, right? Um, so a good analogy we use is like Google Maps. Google Maps identifies where you are in the world. You set a destination and no no matter how many times you uh, make the right turn or you make the wrong turn, it's still working to get you to your destination. Uh, There's a lot of AI and machine learning that goes into that navigated like experience. 
And so it's the same thing with our application. That's something that we were doing before OpenAI came out and, and while the world is around, how do you um, just navigate, identify where a person is and make the best recommendation on what they should do next based upon their favorite way to learn, based upon their weaknesses and their interests. Uh, so as far as where we're headed, um, I'm, I'm supposed to kind of be in stealth mode on this. So I'll describe it <laughs> as much as I can without uh, making our marketing team upset. But <laughs> great. Um, well, the next the, question uh, is about what's upcoming for you. So great okay. transition and leadway yeah. into that. That's yes. Okay, cool. So, you know, if you look at former ed tech products and um, how the entire industry for years has said, hey, I can personalize learning for your students or I can drive engagement through our personalized learning opportunities, the industry has kind of failed, right? Because those uh, personalized learning opportunities were all about, did you get this answer right or wrong? And based upon what you got right or wrong, if you got it right, we're going to take you to a problem that's a little bit harder. If you got it wrong, we're going to have you kind of just continue to repeat what you've done. What we believe is the biggest opportunity with personalization is how you understand who a user is, what their interests are, and what their aspirations are, and how you begin to personalize the content that they're getting in front of them to who they are. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, equity um that that's around that um you know just with the idea of like being culturally relevant to the user and i can again talk for hours about that but like cultural relevance to us isn't i'm gonna say this and it's gonna be like hopefully it's not too shocking but like just because i'm black doesn't mean i want to count like fried chicken and trying to multiply something and depending on who is developing our technology sometimes those generalizations are made and so uh, we're looking at all of that is like, how yeah. do we build the unconscious model? bias that exists in when people are developing things is yeah. 100%. Yeah. And so like the diversity of our development team as well. And like the diversity of our entire team across the board between age, race, gender, sexuality, neurodivergence, like we have everything and all of the, the above um, working to build this product. So as far as personalization, the skinny is um, one day stimuli will be able to, provide a personalized video game experience that's focused on education. And we hope to impact the entire video game industry with some of the cool uh, Gen AI tech that uh, we'll be building in, uh, you know, this year and years to come. Wow. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm just soaking it all in. This is so much fun. I love learning. Like before the episode, I do very little research because I want to have an authentic reaction. And and sometimes it's just, it's just, I, it proves my point. Wait until the episode, really cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. Um, when I facilitate panels, it's kind of funny because like, if you don't know too much about what the folks are going to talk about, when you ask authentic questions, the audience oftentimes has those same questions. Yeah. Absolutely. And oh yeah, sometimes I like to wing things. I think it's, I don't know. I don't know. Like winging things to me is like fun. Um, I'm sure people that have invited me to present don't appreciate that, but it seems to go okay. <laughs> well, you've already, you've already talked about like what's upcoming. So, um, are, you know, we're kind of coming up on the end of the episode. Um, this has been a very fun conversation and we like to leave it open so that you come back. We want to do a, where are they now? We love doing, okay. where are they now in the six to 12 months? So when that stuff comes out, you can come back and talk about, it. and then what you're doing again. So we continue to have this roadmap of what stimuli is doing and we're following you around and, and, and all that. 
Um, by so then your marketing team won't be mad. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, by then we can share everything uh, without getting that. in trouble. I'll let them know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, coming up on the final two questions of the episode, um, we want to know: Is there anything else that you want to talk about, and anything else that we missed that we may have not covered quite yet? And then we want to know about the future. So what yeah. does the future of ed tech look like to you? Um, so tell us all about it. Yeah, well, uh, one thing I just want to point out, and this will be the first time I'm actually publicly talking about this, is um, if you look at the Stimuli logo, you know, most people glance at it and think it's cool and have no idea what it means. Well, first and foremost, it was designed by this super dope artist by the name of Timmy Coker. He's a black artist that grew up in Dallas and is well known. He's like done stuff for the Grammys, AT&T, uh, Meta, you name it. Um, so too, when you look at the actual logo, what it symbolizes is our commitment to accessibility and like the standards of excellence that we have and wanting to work and support all people. And so one, there's like one, two, three, four, five different colors in the logo. You barely see that. Right. And so that can, um, signal diversity for whatever you want to call it Two, there's like geometric shapes and none of them are the exact same shape. And so, just like if the audience wants to know like who we are as people and what we're deeply committed to, we're deeply committed to providing technology that's inclusive for all learners. And so when we think about all, um, whether you have like hearing disabilities, sight, um, any type of like neurodivergence or any type of like age and stage that you're in or any type of like background and past experiences you have, our goal is to build this metaverse world, as we like to call it, um, in a way that feels inclusive for everybody and not leaving anybody out. And that's a hard task to do uh, because it it causes you to, one, you need to invest a lot in research and development. You need to have the right partners. You need to be working with boots on the ground. But that's who we are at Stimuli. We're not scared of the price tag that it takes to focus in the beginning with designing our, our products to be accessible. Um, but that's what we're committed to. And so like you heard it here first, the stimuli logo actually means something other than some super cool colors. It's it's all about accessibility and inclusivity. I love that. <laughs> I'm so happy you shared that because I, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. And I love it. The audience can't see it, but your background with the DC logo and then the, <laughs> the Batman symbol with stimuli's logo in it. Really cool. And as you were explaining it, I was like looking at it and visualizing and following <laughs> along. And I was like, oh, this is, that's awesome. You very intentional. Very oh, intentional. Yeah. Love that. Yep. So, um, you know, I'm obsessed with Batman too. <laughs> Y'all didn't ask me this, but in alternative we're nerding life, out here. So tell yeah. us, tell us all the yeah, things. I'm, we're nerds uh, I'm Batman. I'm very wealthy. I'm spending my time and my money to help causes that need help. And I have an underlying like vengeance and passion that's carrying the work that I do. So there you go. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So Taylor, tell us what the future of EdTech is going to look like. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'll start here uh, by pointing out that there are applications that all of us use throughout our lifetime. You know, you think of Netflix, you think of Prime, um, you know, you think of Uber, you think of Google Maps. Uh, we've engaged with them almost since their inception and we continue to upgrade and we continue to buy and buy into these platforms. But the world has not had an application that any of us have used for learning throughout our lifetime. And so as far as the future opportunity for EdTech and really what Stimuli is aiming to do is create the world's first lifelong learning application. 
um, that can navigate us from the time that we're in K-12 through the rest of our lives. Um, and so with that said, what happens when you put an application like that in the hands of somebody's like Palm, right? Um, then all of a sudden what happens in the school building is entirely different because we're not dependent on the four walls of the classroom and teachers and in-school time and seat time to say, this is the only place that you learn. All of a sudden the walls are blended and as the walls get blended, there's a blending between like how you're having fun in your social life on video games, instead of it being like video games are fun and school's over there. Now, all of a sudden you're having just as much fun learning as you're doing playing video games. The next thing that happens is instead of you learning to work by the time you're hired by a company that's having to train you for the job, now all of a sudden in your math class in eighth grade, if you want to be a Tesla solar technician, you're learning about you know the Pythagorean theorem based upon like how you would train and how that's involved in your career as a Tesla solar technician. And so with all of that said, I think the biggest thing is like, you're going to start to see a shift in where people are learning. It's not going to just be within the classroom. It's going to be an out of school time. It's going to be on the bus. It's going to be on the way to the movies with friends. Um, and so then the role of the school and of the teacher is really going to start to like foster community, right? And how we're working together and how we're collaborating and all of those social skills that students need to build. So, you know, summing all of that up in a very short way, I would say that I believe the future of educational technology is um, everybody having a personalized learning companion that's like following them throughout their lifetime. And the same way all these other applications are gathering all this data on who we are, instead our data will start to be used to increase our social and our intellectual capital, you know, not just to cause us to spend all of our money. So that's my prediction on, on the future of educational technology. I really like that prediction instead of like, if, if we all sat here and thought about all the different tools and resources we've used to get where we're sitting now, it's not just one thing. Like you're saying, right. it's all piecemealed together. Um, Gosh, I wish this stuff existed when I was young. Like that's another thing too. I I have I'm envious of future of the future generations and they get access to to these types of experiences. It's it's wonderful. That was a good one. I don't think we've heard anything. <laughs> I love no. personal too. So like I'm just like I always geek out when I see personalized learning. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if, if you guys didn't ask me my strongest skill set, but what my team would say is like I can see the future. Uh, as, as if it's like here today. So I'm excited to see the world catch up with what I see so clearly uh, sitting here today. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for coming on and sharing your story with us. We really appreciate all you're doing in this space and the support and the community and everything that you're developing with Stimuli. So thanks so much. And obviously everything will be in the show notes about how to connect with Taylor, how to go out to Stimuli, how to check everything out. So it will be there for you listeners. Go check it out now. Thanks so much. It was great chatting with y'all today. You've just experienced an another amazing episode of EdUp EdTech. Be sure to visit our website at edupedtech.com to get all the updates on the latest EdTech happenings. See you next time.